It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Player Profiler Faithful, it's your buddy Matty Keywoman. Welcome to episode nine of the game plan. I have an absolute fantastic show in store for you all today. The NFL trade deadline has come and it has gone. So I will be giving a full breakdown on how to manage your squad through every single one of these changes. After that, I will obviously take everyone down bargain bin shopping and look for some cheap week nine players. Then I'll assign this week's homework assignment. What'd you think? You were going to be dismissed without a homework assignment this week? (laughs) Come on, baby. It's the game plan. So let's get ready. Let's get our pencils out and let's start game planning for week nine. So, as we do each and every week, we are going to talk about the injury updates, get you guys ready to go for your week nine matchups. So, first, who missed practice? Who's not there playing football? Because you can't practice. I mean, you can't play in the game if you don't practice, right? Well, Jonathan Taylor has already been ruled out with that foot injury. Deion Jackson is going to be the guy, according to this head coach. J.D. McKissick is out with a neck injury. Tony G to the moon, baby. Mark Andrews has already been listed as a DNP on Saturday with that shoulder injury. Has not practiced all week. It is likely we see Isaiah as Baltimore's tight end one. He is a must-start option this week. His teammate Demarcus Robinson, his groin has limited uh, him during practice. He was a pretty sneaky ad here on the waiver wire period this past week. Got to monitor that situation because if he's good to go, he's probably a good flex play. His other teammate, Gus Edwards, has yet to practice. Got to monitor these Saturday injury reports because the Monday night football game, everything's delayed a day. Possible he plays, not looking good. Speaking of not looking good, Keenan Allen is out. He had a setback with that hammy during the bye weeks. He was jogging, running, trying to get ready, got hurt, and he will miss yet another game for the Jadges. His teammate DeAndre Carter is questionable with an illness. Not good. We're going to talk about him later in the show, but now we got to talk about him with a little bit more cautious. I don't like that. I don't like it. So, James Conner, stop me if you heard this before, is game time decision with a rib injury. Christian Watson and Alan Lazard are questionable with their injuries. <laughs> I'd like to see Alan Lazard back. My Scott Fishbowl team would like him back as well. Damian Harris has been basically limited all week with an illness and is listed as questionable. Speaking a question about a questionable running back, DeAndre Swift will have that questionable tag going into Sunday with an ankle and shoulder injury. His head coach, Dan Campbell, said the plan is to get him in the game and see 
where he's at. Not really a great boat of confidence, if you ask me, but if you roster DeAndre Swift, are you going to play him? You got to have to have some good options to do so. But, you know, if you might have him, given the crazy running back landscape of 2022, you might have a better option. His teammate Josh Reynolds is looking doubtful to play this week. Fire of Khalif Raymond. What? Khalif Raymond. You might need him. Darren Waller is questionable. Yawn again with that hamstring injury. I don't know if he'll ever get on the field. His teammates Derek Carr and Mac Hollins and uh, De- um, De- Devontae Adams are all looking like they're going to play, but De- will Darren play with his teammates? I don't know. We'll see. Now, those are the those are the negative guys. Let's get to the positive guys, all right? Let's talk about the good stuff, the full practice participants. Seahawks wide receivers Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf were removed from the injury report. DK Metcalf is a freaking nature. I mean, that dude is as close to a Wolverine-esque creature as we're going to see on this planet Earth. The guy had a patella tendon injury only to come back and score 17 fantasy points last week and a full go in week nine. We love you, DK Speaking of healthy wide receivers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Evans and Julio Jones were also removed from the injury report. Austin Eckler, big sigh of relief. He is ready to play in week nine. Speaking of size of relief, Derrick Henry is also removed from the final injury report dealing with a foot injury. Adam Thielen and Cooper Cup are ready to rock. I know they're not teammates, but they're both fantasy-relevant receivers that you should have ready to go in your lineups this week. Before we get into the trade deadline, I got to tell you all a nice little story. This past week in my Golden Pony Fantasy Football Experience League, that's basically my favorite home league, I was hoping to trade for Chris Godwin. Now, I didn't know exactly how I would go about trading for the Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So what did I do? I went over to playerprofiler.com, fired up the trade finder tool, searched for Chris Godwin trades, and then I looked deeper into the trades that happened in leagues with formats that were similar to the Golden Pony Fantasy Football Experience. And with the trades that I found on the trade finder as my benchmark, I was able to put together a nice little game plan so I could go and acquire Mr. Chris Godwin. Now, you can use the Trade Finder as well. And how can you do that? Well, just go to playerprofiler.com, sign up for the Dynasty Deluxe tool on the website, and not only will you get access to the Trade Finder, you can also get access to the Trade Analyzer, our Dynasty ranks, our Rookie ranks, plus so much more. From now to the end of the season, you can get the all-in package for, ah, let me clear my throat for this, $50. That's right. You can get access to all of the fantastic tools on playerprofile.com for $50. That includes the Dynasty Deluxe, the DFS Dominator, the Data Analysis Tool, and more. All of that can be at your disposal for $50. Just go ahead and head over to playerprofiler.com and sign up today. Helps you. It really does help. Get your get your mind right. Get your, get you ready to make some trades in your own leagues when you can see what other teams in other leagues that are similar to yours are doing. Now, let's go ahead and keep this train moving. We are breaking down the trades that happened in the NFL this past week. 
I got nine of them. So we'll kind of go through each and every one of them. And we'll go pretty quickly because a lot of them doesn't have a ton of analysis breakdown. But we're going to go through all of them nonetheless. First and foremost, we're going to talk about the PPR god, Christian McCaffrey. He was dealt to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, if you roster CMC, you're just happy. Uh, Week one with the Niners, obviously he was getting acclimated. I think he was traded on Thursday night, so the fact that he was even active on Sunday was fantastic. And let's fast forward to last week, or rewind to last week, and uh, when he took on the Rams, he had a 78% snap share. He saw 20 routes, got nine targets, caught eight of them, piled up 149 total yards, scored three touchdowns, one through the air, one through the ground, and threw one himself. He had over fantasy, uh, over 40 fantasy points. So you're exact. You're super happy with what you're getting for Christian McCaffrey. Could you sell high? I mean, I don't know if anyone's willing to pay that price. So I think if you roster McCaffrey and the Niners, you're just excited and you're you're going to keep it going. Maybe you try to trade for an Eliza Mitchell because his value certainly tanked. And if you roster Mitchell, probably your best bet is to do one of two things: you keep him on your IR if you're, you know, if you got enough spaces and your team's comfortable with that. That's okay. Go ahead and keep him on your IR. If not, go ahead and pivot. Look over to the Christian McCaffrey team and say, hey, man, all of a sudden, Eliza Mitchell's a little bit important to your squad now, isn't he? Let's work a deal. That's what you can do. You can cash in on an injured asset and possibly get a flex or, or, or some depth here. So that's what you're trying to do with Eliza Mitchell. Now, let's, let's move over to the Carolina Panthers. Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman, without Christian McCaffrey, had a massive game against the Falcons last week. Scored three total tutties. He looks to be the running back one. Now, we'll see what happens with Chuba Hubbard. He is still inactive. I imagine if, free, if Foreman looks good, doesn't get banged up this week, it's his backfield going forward. So, if you roster Deontay Foreman, I suggested in this past week's fantasy football market watch to sell high. I think I will stand by that. But if you're in a pinch and you know, you're getting haggled by your, your league mates, play him this week against the Bengals. You, you, there's definitely worse options. He's going to get a ton of touches. So with McCaffrey out, we saw a boost to uh, Terrence Marshall getting touches. DJ Moore's look great. So <clears throat> we're pretty happy if we roster those guys for, for the Panthers. So Christian McCaffrey going to the Niners. You're holding McCaffrey. I wouldn't look to sell high. You can try if you don't believe, if you still think he's going to get hurt because the injury obviously news remains. It doesn't trend it doesn't go away now that he's traded so if you want to but i suggest holding he's he's probably going to be a borderline you know the borderline wide running back one two for the rest of the season so mccaffrey on the niners looks great foreman looks good on the panthers and mitchell if you're awesome try to trade him to the mccaffrey owner because now he's really just an he needs an injury to happen next guy i'd like to talk about was james robinson one of my personal favorites traded from the jaguars to the jets for a jugs machine uh, his first week in New York, didn't get to see a whole lot. He had 32% snap share. He ran nine routes. He only got five carries. Didn't catch the one target that was thrown his way. Only had 17 total yards. Good for 1.7 measly fantasy points. Um, now, if you look at their remaining schedule, the Jets do have a favorable run schedule. Uh, the defenses that they play do present opportunistic matchups for running backs. So you're probably holding James Robinson uh, or maybe even trying to buy low if you need some running back depth. Now, 
his his ex teammate ETN. We saw what he looks like as the guy. So if you roster ETN, it's him to the moon. You're not doing anything with him. And if you roster Michael Carter, uh, I'm still safely playing Michael Carter. Uh, doesn't seem like James Robinson is going to take a whole lot. It may take an injury to Michael Carter or for the Jets to go up big or for him to break off some runs. So it looks like James Robinson's a hold or a buy low if you need some depth or a running back to ETN to the moon. And Michael Carter is a pretty good play rest of season with a new running mate. Let's move on to the next player, the Joker, Kadarius Tony. Is this guy good at football? <laughs> I don't know. But he's apparently magically healthy. Uh, uh, the, the Going from the New York Giants to the Kansas City Chiefs has this healing power that just got this guy back on the field. And Coach Andy Reid said he is expected to play. So, in Sunday Night Football against the Titans, should you play him? No. We got to see what it looks like. And for, for you know, going forward, he really only has that one game last year where he did look fantastic. That game against the Cowboys has kept a lot of fantasy owners just like, eh, I like this guy, right? Because we saw in week five of last year, he had 13 targets, caught 10 of them, had 189 receiving yards and almost 30 fantasy points. The upside, I guess, is there. He does run a 4-4-40. He's pretty agile. He's good at making people miss in space. And now he's on an offense that we all love. What does this mean for the teammates that he is now joining in Kansas City? Juju, um, I do not believe he's taking Juju's spot. Juju has looked dynamite over the last two weeks that the Chiefs have played. And coming out of the bye, I don't expect anything different. Now, this could cut in to MVS usages and maybe Miko Hardman. Um, I kind of believe that what we saw out of Harmon against the Niners, where they were kind of giving the ball in creative ways, that seems to me more like the role that Kadarius Tony will see this season. Now, going forward next year with the whole offseason with Mahomes, maybe Juju does not come back. He is set to be a free agent. So in Dynasty, you're pretty excited about Tony. In redraft in your seasonal leagues, I'm not panicking if I roster Juju. Uh, I will wait to see what happens with MVS and Hardman, but those guys are kind of backup bench kind of depth players. So you're not really necessarily too, too worried. We want to see what it looks like Sunday night. I don't expect a ton of touches and usage from Tony in his first week of the Chiefs. But like I said, going from the Giants to the Chiefs have these mystical healing powers. So he is expected to play. If you held strong and kept Tony on your roster, that's good. You're obviously not going to drop now. If you want to sell high now, I think that's a great a great chance. If someone in your league, like maybe the Juju owner in your league is panicking, <clears throat> take Tony, take a, a running back off your bench or a backup tight end or something, beef up an offer and go get Juju because I think Juju's the guy after Travis Kelsey in this, in this packing order. So Kadarius Tony and the Chiefs is exciting long-term, but we'll I don't know if it has certain ramifications right away. TJ Hawkinson was traded in the division, which is pretty crazy, from the Lions to the Vikings. Now, Detroit has two tight ends um, that will be playing. James Mitchell, who's dealing with a little bit of an issue, injury issue on his own, and Brock Wright. Now, the funny part about these guys, if you look at playprofile.com, is their best comparable player is each other. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to break down for these guys. Um if you're desperate at tight end, I guess one of them could be added. I don't really know which one. I can't sit here and pretend to know which guy between Brock Wright and James Mitchell is the guy that you want. Um, but we'll see because now there's a bunch of vacated targets. Uh, 
it does bode well for Amon Ross St. Brown. He's gone off. I don't think he's had less than eight catches in all the games he's played without TJ Hawkinson. So he's not going to be playing with him the rest of the season. That's great for him. But uh, there's not a lot of pass catchers on this team that's healthy. So if Khalif Raymond is the number one after Amon Ra, what do you do? Uh, we're not going to have DJ Shark. They're not going to have Josh Reynolds. They're slow playing J-Mo for good reason. So one of these tight ends theoretically could be useful. Which one? I'm sorry, guys and girls. I don't really know. I can't really tell you right here, right now. I'm sorry. So we're going to have to wait and see. If one's available in deeper leagues, go ahead and take a crack at it. My gut tells me Brock Wright because he's been at least on the field. He does have six catches on the season. So, you know, is his play, you know, he he could be okay. I'm going to go Brock Wright. If, you know, gun to my head, I have to pick one. I'm going Brock Wright. But as far as TJ Hawkinson on the, fat, on the, on the, on the Vikings, is he going to be the number two option or the number three? And that comes down to Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's healthy. He'll play. Uh, but if you roster TJ Hawkinson, you're going to play him this week, and you're going to wait and see what happens. Um, maybe there is a you know an opportunity to buy into Hawkinson if you believe in his talent and he doesn't get the touches because of the new team. It's possible. Uh, but between Adam Thielen and Hawkinson, we're going to see who – they're going to do it out, and we're going to see who's their number two pass catcher because obviously Jay Jetta, Justin Jefferson is the number one, the alpha in that game, in that passing game. So uh, what, what do you do with TJ Hawkinson? You hold, you wait and see because he is talented. They did trade for him for a reason, and I don't think it's too crazy to think that he becomes number two in the pass game hierarchy. Um, Adam Thielen's getting older. You know, He's getting more TD dependent. He does see a lot of red zone targets. Some of that could shift over to TJ Hawkinson, but if you kind of have – Thielen, if you have Hawkinson, you got to wait and see. Uh, it's not the best game plan considering where we're at in the season. You'd like more actionable advice. But unfortunately for this week, week nine, you're going to have to wait and see and then kind of attack next week after, after this kind of plays out a little bit. Next trainer, we'll talk about Chase Claypool to the Bears. Uh, head coach says he'll play anywhere from 10 to 35 snaps. Uh, so you're not going to put him in right away. I believe Sleeper gave him a pretty generous projection. So if you roster him on Sleeper, uh, you're probably going to be tempted to play him. I wouldn't. I'd look elsewhere. I just don't know exactly what his role will be. Will they play him like a kind of like a Debo Samuel Light? Will they give him some you know, end arounds or some jet sweeps, but also maybe kind of look in the intermediate routes to make let him make plays? Because the kid is an athlete, 4-4-2-40. Uh, he's in the 100 percentile speed score, 92nd percentile burst. So the kid is an athletic freak. Uh, but what his role will be in a kind of in a pass offense that's a little bit lackluster, uh, definitely don't play him this week. But if you roster him, I'm not looking to sell because there is some upside. There is upside here. Now, with Darnell Mooney, what does that mean for him? Uh, well, you've been kind of frustrated with Darnell Mooney anyway. So if this is just something that adds to your frustration, you can move off of Darnell Mooney in season. I'll make a trade for him. I wouldn't trade for him, uh, but he has looked good over the last few weeks. And that maybe a guy like Claypool can open more looks to uh, a guy like Mooney. But at the end of the day, these Chicago Bears don't pass a lot. So I don't know exactly how it'll play out. Now, it's, I am giving a whole lot of eh, type of advice here, but that's just what it is. I could give you a bunch of things that make you go out and make hasty decisions, but then you're just going to come back next week and be pissed at me because we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. As far as George Pickens, 
Theoretically, there'll be a few more targets in the air to go his way. Uh, I wasn't really panicking and getting rid of him now. I'm not doing so. Uh, Either way, and is there an opportunity to sell high? I don't think so. He hasn't really boomed lately in seasonal league. So I think if you have Pickens, he's on your bench. That's a good guy to just keep for, you know, your second half monster potential. That's what I like to see. But as far as Chase... Wait and see because they did give up a second round pick. They do believe in him. You don't give up a second round pick for a guy who's at the back end of his rookie contract and not use him. So that's Chase K. Pool. Next guy, Chase Edmonds. A couple of chasers back to back. He went to the Broncos as a throw into this deal for the Dolphins to get Bradley Chubb. Um, he's looking like the third down back. If you roster Chase Edmonds at this point, oh, yeah, you're holding, I guess. They're on their bye this week. But, you know, you want me to. Let's look at the glass. You want to look at it half full as opposed to half empty. Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon don't present, you know, they're not two absolute no-doubters here. They're aging athletes who have been decent for the Broncos. Uh, Edmonds is still 26. He was efficient last year. He has been absolutely dreadful for Miami, dropping balls, getting one-yard run after one-yard run, running right into the defenders. He's not looked good. If you're in a 10 or 12-team league, you can drop Chase Evans. This is You can maybe pick him up if there's an injury to one of your players this year. But um, as far as that goes long-term, I'm not particularly excited about Chase Evans. Now, I was going into the season. I am not so much here. Now, let's talk about another running back, Jeff Wilson. He was initially going to be brought up in the conversation for Christian McCaffrey, but he was dealt to the Miami Dolphins. So after that trade happened, he's opened up his value, in my opinion. Um, he is now going to back up one of the most injury-prone running backs in fantasy football. He's 30 years old. I'm talking about Raheem Mostert. So Jeff Wilson, he's in a he's in a you know a familiar position, backing up Raheem Mostert. He's back with Mike McDaniel, which is good. Um, he does have an 8.7 breakaway rate. And that will be great for this team, considering their wide receivers. He may not need a whole lot of volume uh, to produce. Now, if and when Mostert gets hurt, obviously it's Jeff Wilson to the proverbial moon. Um, that's why you're holding. That's why you're going to keep him on your roster. Because for the inevitability that Mostert gets hurt, it, it's Jeff Wilson time. And we're going we're gonna to like Jeff Wilson in Miami if Mostert is out of the picture. But as of now, you're going to wait and not really play him. I don't know if he's really going to have a ton of value right off the bat. The next trade that happened was Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars. I'm not going to really get too far into it because it really doesn't matter. For 2022, he's suspended for the rest of the year. I do think it's pretty comical and uh, pretty cosmic funny that the fact that he was suspended for the year because he played for the Falcons and bet on a game in which he played the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now he's on the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I will say in your dynasty leaguers, uh, the guys looking forward to next year, Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley is a pretty interesting combo next year. Uh, do proceed with caution in Dynasty. He will be, uh, I believe, 28 before first before week one next year, and he has missed two full seasons of football. So, But, you know, we're going to talk about it real quick, and it is interesting because he's now on a team where the Christian Kirk, that could be a pretty, that could pretty, uh, it could be a dynamic duo. Pretty exciting. Last trade I want to talk about here is Naeem Hines. Uh, what does this mean for James Cook? If you've been holding and waiting and wishing, he's cooked. James Cook is cooked rest of season. Um, he's out. He's not going to – They so I, I mentioned it last week that maybe they give him a little trial, and they kind of did on Sunday Night Football, and he actually looked pretty good. But for whatever reason, they decided they wanted something uh, a little bit more – 
official, someone who's kind of done it before. And Naeem Hines certainly has. He will be the pass catching back immediately for the Buffalo Bills. So far in 2022, he has 25 receptions. That's number 11 amongst qualified running backs. He has a 2.14 yards per route run, and he has 188 receiving yards. Um, Those are all within the top 12 of running backs. He has 7.6 fantasy points a game. We probably will see that increase slightly, but if you're expecting Naeem Hines to be a a no-doubt stud running back, I don't think that's going to be the case. He's going to have his ups. He's going to have his downs, but in games where they're – you know, they're crushing, the Bills are ahead. It's still going to be Devils, Devin Singletary getting a lot of those carries. But in your shootout scenarios, Naeem Hines becomes super, super interesting. Now, what does this mean for Deion Jackson, the, the dart? Oh, baby, we love Deion Jackson here on the game plan, especially with, with Jonathan Taylor out. My man is going to look great. He does have a game in which he has 10 receptions. I think he's going to fill in to that pass-catching role even when Jonathan Taylor is healthy. So, Add Deion Jackson, buy Deion Jackson, get Deion on your squad. Really quick, I just want to talk about Brandon Cooks, Kareem Hunt, and Jerry Judy. They all stayed put. Um, They all were rumored to be traded. Brandon Cooks, I mentioned him on the uh, Thursday night edition of the Fantasy Football Market Watch. His value is probably down, which presents a buying opportunity. Uh, Both Chris Moore and Philip Dorsett looked okay against a tough defense on Thursday night. So I think the fantasy football community is down on Brandon Cooks, but he's not going anywhere. He's going to be the the number one pass catcher for the Houston Texans rest of the season. So if you can buy into uh, Brandon Cooks, I think you do. I think it's a good move. Now, as far as Kareem Hunt, we saw him just pick up where he left off, as always, on on Monday Night Football. He had 11 fantasy points. He had 70 total yards. They gave him the ball a bunch. He's a good RB2 option, flex option, rest of the season. He always has been for Cleveland, and now that he wasn't traded, they're just going to keep him going. With, with Hunt and with Chubb, and Hunt is going to be the guy that we've seen the rest of that we saw previous to this. They kind of slowed down his usage. I think it was because they wanted to keep him healthy. Once maybe the trade market didn't meticulate like they hoped, they dialed it back up on Monday Night Football. He looked good. As far as Jared Judy, he's looked great for the Broncos. And I mentioned it last week. Denver has a great uh, schedule for receivers when they come out of the bye. So if you can get your hands on Jerry Judy, or I mentioned last week, Corlin Sutton, you're going to want to go ahead and do that. That's going to wrap up the breakdown for the NFL trade deadline. Let me know what you think in the comments. Uh, find me on Twitter, or if better yet, join the player profile at Discord because we're on fire. We're talking fantasy football all day long, people. If you love fantasy football, make sure you join the player profiler Discord. Now, let's move on to the bargain bin players, the cheap guys. We got quarter, two quarterbacks, two running backs, two receivers, and two tight ends. So without further ado, let's dive right on into the bargain bin players for week nine. Two quarterbacks mentioned here today are two favorites of the show. They've been mentioned before, but they're still available, so I'm still going to talk about them. First guy, Marcus Mariota at home versus the L.A. Chargers. He's 38% rostered, 5,300 on DraftKings, 7,100 on FanDuel. Player profiler has him ranked at quarterback 10. So do I. The over-under of 50 points is certainly encouraging, and Atlanta being home dogs by three points presents an opportunity for the quarterback to come up big for your fantasy teams. Now, don't look now. Don't it might be a little bit surprising, but Marcus Mariona is QB 13 on a points per game basis. The LA Chargers, they are the 11th best matchup for opposing quarterbacks in fantasy football. They are 24th, uh, the Falcons are, are 24th in total pass attempts, which isn't good, but my man has been efficient. He has 8.0 yards per attempt, 
his air yards per attempt is number three amongst qualified quarterbacks, and his 0.69 noise fantasy points per dropback is number four on the season. And a little cherry on top is 89.2 true passer rating is in the top 13. All these metrics show that they don't need tremendous volume for him to be effective. That's why we love him. Another reason why we love him is his rushing ability. 55 carries, 13 red zone carries, and 35 rushing yards per game are all top seven at the quarterback position. And in a possible shootout with the Chargers, fire up Marcus Mariota. Now, the next quarterback I want to talk about, we've mentioned him before, Andy Dalton, home versus the Baltimore Ravens. He's 16% rostered, so he's available basically everywhere on Sleeper. I don't have his prices because he's not in the main slate. He's on Monday Night Football. Player profile has him at quarterback 20. I got him at quarterback 16. Over under 48 in the New Orleans Saints are two and a half point dogs at home. Those are two signs that you love when you're attacking cheap quarterbacks. Now, his plus 2.09 QB points allowed. Uh, those uh, that's what Baltimore is providing for Andy Dalton. That's number nine. So the ninth most at ninth most advantageous matchup for quarterbacks. Uh, he's averaging 23.4 fantasy points over his last two games. So he's got some momentum and the man's been accurate. I mentioned this last week. Also, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, excuse me. He is 82% catchable pass rate. That's number four. 7.8 red zone accuracy, 6.8 deep ball accuracy. Both of those metrics in the top six amongst qualified quarterbacks. And even when he's under pressure, he has a 6.7 under pressure accuracy rating. That's number five. So my man's been accurate. And on top of all that, he has shown a willingness to dump it down to, to Alvin Kamara, who had two receiving touchdowns last week. Now, Kamara catches a one-yard dump off and takes it 70 yards of the house. And he down still gets those points. He still gets that touchdown. He still gets those 70 yards. So the fact that he's getting the ball to his playmakers, and I guess maybe we see Jarvis Landry. I don't think we really care. Chris Olave's been great. Uh, Alvin Kamara's been good. We're going to mention someone else on this roster here in a minute. So Andy Dalton, not a bad option if you're finding yourself a wee bit desperate here in Week 9. Let's move on to the running back position. The first guy I want to talk about is a favorite or former favorite here at profi playerprofiler.com, Isaiah Pacheco. He is home against the Tennessee Titans. He's only rostered in about 40% of leagues. Playerprofile.com has him at running back 29, oh, 26. I'm sorry. I have him at running back 29. The over-under of 46.5 isn't great, but what is encouraging is Kansas City are nearly 12 favorites at home meaning if they get up big maybe they want to see what they have in mr pacheco now last week i introduced a little something called bro science i'm gonna go back to it he was named the starter in week seven didn't really play a ton but role changes tend to happen during bye weeks the chiefs are coming off of their bye week so will we see extended opportunities if vegas is right that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to beat up on the Tennessee Titans? I think so. And Tennessee is the 11th most advantageous matchup for opposing running backs. So put all that together, I think Isaiah Pacheco is a pretty good option if you're desperate at running back. Now, let's move over to someone that doesn't – he ain't, you don't have to be desperate to play this guy. This guy is presenting like a stud this week. I'm talking about the dark. Deion Jackson. He is at New England. He's rostered in about 32% of leagues on sleeper, but that is steadily climbing quick. 
250, 200 on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel. He is, uh, his rankings here are a bit cloudy because this is also involving Jonathan Taylor, but expect both of these numbers to go way, 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 way up. We had him, we both had a uh, play profile and myself had him within the top 45, but that number is going to climb exponentially here as we get updated with the Jonathan Taylor news. The over-under of 40 isn't great, but the fact that Indianapolis is six-point dogs on the road could present some nice pass-catching opportunities for the dart. Like I said, Jonathan Taylor is out with that foot injury. Naeem Hines was dealt, so the the pass-catching role is wide open. Now, would I play a guy like Deion Jackson over Tony Gibson? No, I'm playing Tony Gibson. I love Tony Gibson this week. New England is 27th in rush DVOA, so there is an opportunity there for him to do well. And like I said, he had the 10 receptions uh, in week six. His 4.39 yards created per touch is number three amongst qualified running backs. That's what you like to see. He's been working. He's been doing great, even without the touches, and now he's getting the touches. So if you need a running back and he's sitting there available or you could even buy real quick on a nice Saturday deal, do it. Deion Jackson's definitely worth playing in week nine. Now, move on to the wide receivers for the first time in game plan history. Both guys I want to talk about. Not one, not two. They're teammates. I have yet to do two teammates, but the opportunity was so juicy, I'm going to do it. So I'm talking about Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. Wide receivers for the Chargers, they are at Atlanta. Let's go through Josh Palmer first. He's rostered about 60% of leagues, 5,100 on DraftKings, 6,200 on FanDuel. Player profiler has him at wide receiver 29. I have him as wide receiver 30. The over-under of 50 is juicy. We talked about it with Marcus Mariota. It's still there for the uh, Chargers as well. And they are uh, basically road favorites by three points. So it's, I think Vegas is saying it could be a little bit of a back and forth. So these pass catchers um, are are poised to get some looks. There's no Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams. Uh, so jo- Josh Palmer, why should we play him? Well, Atlanta stinks on in defense. They are 30th in pass DVOA. There will be no A.J. Terrell. Um, they're 13.1 wide receiver points allowed to uh, are thir- its third best in fantasy football right now. And Josh Palmer's got three games under his belt with 13-plus fantasy points. So the performance profile isn't really all that special. But with Allen out, with Williams out, now with DeAndre Carter feeling under the weather, weather Josh Palmer is going to get all the targets that he can handle, and that's great for PPR fantasy leagues. It's also good if you don't play in PPR. He's going to get a ton of work, and we love that out of our pass catches. Now, DeAndre Carter, you have to proceed with caution because he's been sick, and his status on Sunday is absolutely in question. But he's available in about 80% of leagues. He's 4,300 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. He's wide receiver 36 on playprofile.com. I got him at wide wide receiver 37. And why? It's because this game, basically for all the same reasons that I like Josh Palmer. We're, we're, We're liking DeAndre Carter. And if he plays, he's a sneaky flex play. He has a solid 2.8. Fantasy points per target versus man coverage. That's the fourth best amongst qualified wide receivers. So given his role, he could produce in a potential shootout uh, in Atlanta. But again, we have to proceed with caution because he is feeling under the weather. Moving on to tight end. The first tight end I want to talk about is Robert Tunyon. He is at Detroit. 58% rostered. Uh, Playerprofiler.com has him as tight end nine. I do as well. Uh, the over-under of 49.5 is quite juicy in the Green Bay Packers are road favorites by three and a half points. We like this because Green Bay did not add any pass catchers. And Christian Watson 
is questionable with a concussion. Al Lazard is questionable with a shoulder injury. Who else can Aaron Rodgers throw to? Well, he can certainly throw to his tight end, Robert Tunyon. And the Detroit pass defense uh, stinks. Can you smell Can you smell it? You can smell it from my way because they straight up stink. They are 32nd in pass DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. And they have a 1.82 fantasy points allowed, which is number 11 in fantasy. Robert Tunyon ranks in the top 10 amongst qualified tight ends in receptions, yak, and target rate. Three good metrics that we like to see because it gives us a, a bit of confidence going into week nine that if those guys are out, even if it's just Lazard in, Robert Tunyon is a good option at tight end. The other tight end I'd like to talk about today is Juwan Johnson. Cody Carpentier is one of his favorite going to the year with good reasons. Guy is he's quite the athlete, and Cody's talked about him quite a bit. And, and you know, if you're if you, Cody's talking, you're listening. I know I am. He's 13% rostered. I don't got his numbers because again, he's not on the main slate. Monday night football. Tight end 20 on playerprofile.com. I got him at tight end 14. I'm a bit higher on Juwan Johnson. The over-under 48 in New Orleans are two and a half point dogs on the road. I mentioned that with Dalton. Those are great. Those are encouraging when you're looking at getting guys in the bargain bin. Baltimore is an above-average matchup for opposing tight ends, so that's good for Johnson. And the last time New Orleans was in primetime, my man had five receptions on five targets. Caught for That was good for 32 yards and two tutties. His 293 air yards are top 10. He's got 151 unrealized air yards, and he's third best in true catch rate for tight ends. All of that suggests there may be some positive regression coming, and it might come this Monday night against Baltimore. So let's recap all the players in the bargain bin for Week 9. Quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota and Andy Dalton. Running backs, Isaiah Pacheco and Deion Jackson. Wide receivers, they're on the same team. Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter. Make sure you're monitoring Carter. Robert Tunyon and Juwan Johnson at tight end. So let me ask you all something. Do you think DK Metcalf has more than 65.5 receiving yards? What about A.J. Dillon? Will he rush for less than 38.5 yards this week? Well, you can put your prop skills to the test using sleepers over under daily games to win some moolah, baby. Sleeper is by far the best platform to host your seasonal, dynasty, or best ball leagues, but now they also host some over under games that are just fantastic. You can see the prop right under the player's name on your fantasy team. That's right. Sleeper is letting you place wages on the players you know best. And if you use the promo code UNDERWORLD, you can get a deposit match up to 100 beans. That's $100. Use that promo code and bet the over for DK Metcalf because he's projected to face Marco Wilson, who is outside the top 50 in Cody's cornerback ranks. And while you're at it, bet the over on AJ Dillon because Detroit gives up the sixth most rushing yards as a team. So if you want to place those and all the others, head on over to Sleeper, use that promo code UNDERWORLD, and get yourself a deposit match up to $100 today. So the homework assignment is simple. It's easy. Go ahead and check out Trade Gods, baby. It's hosted by me and Jason Allwine, who you may have seen on Player Profiles TikTok and IG. We're talking about trades all different kinds of ways. What's fair, what's not fair, buys, sells. 
Episode 1 is on the YouTube channel, but going forward, we are going to be hosting shows in the Discord. Another reason to join the Discord right now. So your homework assignment, ladies and gents, check out Episode 1 of the Trade Gods. Let me know what you think. Also, join the Discord so you can get exclusive you can get the exclusive Discord show as well. That's where we'll be answering your questions, your trades, your possibilities, because we're in the thick of it now, ladies and gents. We are in trade season. We just saw the trade deadline pass for the NFL. So the trade deadline your fantasy league will follow shortly. So that is your homework assignment. Check out episode one of Trade Gods. And my final thought this week is time to get aggressive, ladies and gents. This is the time. It's week nine. You only have a handful of games before your playoffs are are coming. They're coming quick. So get aggressive. You've been hemming and hawing over trading for this guy. Do it. Make the move. You're hearing somebody, one of your favorite analysts, say this is a buy candidate, but you're not really sure. Do it. Make the move. Get out of the player that you don't like. Get into some players that you do like because push comes to shove. Now is the time to do it. You don't want to be sitting there like, what did I do? I didn't make any moves. Just a few weeks from now when the playoffs kick off, you're going to be sitting there like, ah, Man, I really wish. I really, really wish I made that move. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Don't do that to yourself and to your team. Make the moves. Get aggressive right now. You have the chance to help your team. Fantasy is a great game because the team builders do have an opportunity to build, right? Obviously, on Sundays, on Mondays, on Thursdays, you can't do anything. You can't help it if someone gets hurt. You can't help it if the coach decides to bench or go with the hot hand and it's not your player. You can't do anything there. But during the week, you can. You can help your team by making trades, grabbing players that you think are about to take off, getting rid of players that are about to fall off. So get aggressive. Now's the time to get aggressive and win your fantasy leagues. So that's my final thought. And that's episode nine. Please subscribe to playerprofiler.com's YouTube channel if you're not already. And just smash, smash that like button. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at MattyQM. And you can check out some of my articles and all the other fantastic articles on playerprofiler.com. Keep game planning, and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.